Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord, to come together in this hour to, to come and study your word together, Lord. So, Father, I pray as we open your word, Lord, that you would strengthen me to preach your word according to your will. And, Lord, give us hearts and minds and ears to hear your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. Teach us, O oh Lord, to walk in your ways. And this I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as we are looking this morning, we're going back to our study where we're in the midst of this study in Proverbs this summer. Proverbs, looking at wisdom for life. Seeking out wisdom for life, because that's a lot of what Proverbs is. It's just about wisdom for life. It's a very practical book. It hits us where we, we live and breathe day in and day out. And so we've been going through much of the Proverbs and studying different topics that are hit in the Proverbs. Uh, today we're looking at the subject of building wealth. Building wealth according to biblical principles. And so... Uh, the way Proverbs kind of works, uh, if, you, if you've kind of been reading through them or have read through them, you've got probably kind of caught this. Uh, chapters 1 through 9 are kind of a series of, of lessons, teachings, and so they kind of group their Proverbs and, and kind of little groups and, and teachings about uh, particular topics. And then you kind of get the same in chapter 30 and 31. They kind of do the same thing. But then from 9 to 29, it's just kind of scattered Proverbs. And so throughout those Proverbs, it's just a proverb, 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 and on different kind of subjects. And so you kind of got to go through the Proverbs on some of the topics the Proverbs cover and, and see what all the Proverbs have to say about a certain topic. And so if you look at your outline there and see on the screen there, you, you notice today we're looking at various Proverbs. Uh, because as we think about building wealth according to biblical principles, uh, there's not just a, a, a kind of a cluster of Proverbs on building wealth, but building wealth is a, a very, uh, it's a, a subject that is covered quite regularly through the Proverbs. So we're going to look at various Proverbs. We're going to see different Proverbs as the book of Proverbs teach us about how to build wealth according to God's word. So I did include those on the back of your handout. So if you flip on the back of your handout, you'll see all the Proverbs, most all the Proverbs that we'll be covering today. And I think I got them in an order of, of which we will be covering them. So you can look there and reference so you're not flipping back and forth and to and fro and all of that. And uh, you can have them take home and uh, study them more on your own as well. So today we're looking at the Proverbs, wisdom for life, and building wealth according to the principles of God. Now, when you think about our culture, our culture, their idea of wealth is way different from God's idea of wealth. In our culture, the idea of wealth is often this idea of fame and fortune. Now, I remember as a kid growing up, we used to watch The Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin, Robin Leach. Uh, some of, I see some head shaking, and so some of y'all watch that show too. These younger folks, they don't know what that's all about. What, what's Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? 
Uh, but that was a, a show that we used to watch, and we get to see all of these millionaires, billionaires from all over the world, and, and the lavish, luxurious lives that they lived, and we oohed, and we awed, and wow, I wish I could live like that. And, and so that's kind of the idea that our culture gives of what it means to be wealthy. It's this luxurious lifestyle of, of just being filthy rich, if you will, having money to burn, and, and burning it on lavish living. But that is far from the biblical perspective of wealth. In fact, the according to biblical terms, in biblical terms, that kind of lifestyle is really not one necessarily to be desired. To be rich and famous is not something to really strive for. Proverbs 14, 20, for instance, says, "...the poor is disliked even by his neighbor." But the rich has many friends. Now, that's not necessarily a good thing. Because when you start looking at Scripture and how these friends come about uh, uh, for the rich, it, those are not the kind of friends that you want. Consider, if you will, the prodigal son. The prodigal son had lots of friends around him when he had money to burn. But when he was broke and in the pig pen slopping the hogs, all of his friends left. They didn't want any part of that. And, and so you don't want friends that want to hang around you because they might get something out of you. That's not the kind of friends you want. And, and that's not the kind of lifestyle you should be striving for. No, as you think about building wealth, you should think about wealth in terms of biblical standards. The biblical idea of wealth is not fame and fortune, but having enough it's simply having enough we see this in proverbs 30 and, and if you will turn to that one uh, we'll just start there so turn proverbs chapter 30 and look at verses 7 through 9 proverbs 30 7 through 9 and, and this is a prayer that we should each and every one of us should have this is a good biblical prayer that we should add into our own prayer life because this is a good one Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9. This writer here says, Two things I ask of you. He's praying this to the Lord. Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. That's number one. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Number two, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Who is Yahweh? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. So, two things. Take away from me. Lying and falsehood, right? Help me to be a righteous person, a righteous man, righteous woman before you. And don't let me have neither riches nor poverty. Don't let me be poor. Don't let me be rich. But give me enough, Lord. Give me enough that I don't worship my wealth and deny your name. But don't give me so little that I steal and profane your name. Give me enough. And that should be our prayer. And the Lord, he blesses someone and gives them 
way more than enough. And, and if God does that for you, say amen. But your prayer should always be, Lord, give me enough. Just give me enough. Give me enough. So build wealth according to biblical principles. Build wealth according to biblical principles. And as we look through the Proverbs, we're going to see eight biblical principles for building wealth. Eight biblical principles for building wealth. And we're going to clip through some of these rather quickly. And then there's a few of them we're going to hang on to a little bit. But eight biblical principles for building wealth. Now, I know today we have some who are retired and you're not worried about building wealth. You're, you're just living it out and uh, living out your retirement and you're working hard in your own way, but you're retired and you're not really concerned about building wealth. There's others here who are maybe somewhere in the middle. You're in a career, you're, you're working, you're, you're building towards retirement, you're building some wealth. Uh, and then we have some young, young folks here who are just getting started and you're just getting started with life and you, maybe you're not even in a career yet. Going to school, we had several who, who have graduated the last couple of years and and so you're just kind of getting started looking for the future. Wherever you are, though, whether you're retired, or you're in the middle, or you're very young, getting started, there are principles here that each and every one of us need to listen to and heed. These are biblical principles that each and every one of us can live by. But young folks, especially, please listen to me today. Listen to these biblical principles. Take heed of these biblical principles because I guarantee you if you go out into this world and you take the world's advice on how to build wealth, it will possibly lead you, number one, to spiritual ruin as it will lead you away from God and it will lead you to financial ruin. I guarantee it. Don't, don't listen to the world's philosophy on how to build wealth listen to god listen to god he'll never lead you wrong so take heed of these principles today so today as we we're just going to dig into it as we're going to be going from proverb to proverb we're just going to dig into it eight biblical principles for building wealth the first biblical principle for building wealth and this is the most important one trust god not wealth trust God and not wealth this goes back to the first principle of Proverbs doesn't it the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom and understanding it's all it starts with a good right relationship with God hear me trust God and not your wealth never trust your wealth because your wealth will deplete your wealth will go away but God never will Proverbs 28, 25 says, A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. You see, a greedy man is greedy because he trusts in his wealth. He trusts in his wealth. That's his hope. That's his joy. That's his life. And so the greedy man's got to hold on to all of that wealth. He's got to hold on to his money. He's got to hold on to it tightly because that's his hope in the world. But wealth will let you down. Wealth will let you down. Money will let you down. It's not sustainable. Money, dear friend, money, uh, when money is your God, when money is your God, greed ensues. 
Greed will overcome you. Greed will drive you. It'll all be about the bottom line, which will lead to a miserable life. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, Paul tells Timothy, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not, not money. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Oh, greed, the love of money, making money and riches your God, it will lead you down a wrong path, a very, very bad path. I mean, that's idolatry at its greatest. When you worship money, you worship things, you worship riches rather than God. But let me tell you, all the riches in the world will never satisfy you. You know, the wealthiest and most successful people in the world are also the most prone to depression. They are. The richest, the most wealthiest people in the world, the most successful people in the world are, are the most prone to depression and anxiety. In fact, suicide rates are high among the most wealthiest of, of, the pe of people. Here in the United States, we're the most wealthiest nation in the world, and we have sky-high suicide rates. Wealth, riches, things will not bring you happiness because they will not sustain. They will not hold out. But God is eternal. God is eternal. And his joy is eternal. Dear friend, let me tell you, money and riches and things can never bring you joy and happiness because those things cannot save you. Money can never save you. It will not save you. Proverbs eleven four: Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. That is the day of judgment. But righteousness delivers from death. Let me tell you, when you're standing before God on that day of judgment, he's not going to ask you how much money you accumulated. He's not going to ask you how much money you had in the bank when you died. That's not going to be his concern. He's go his concern is going to, what have you done with your life? What righteousness do you have? And here's the thing, folks. We can offer no righteousness on our own. Trusting in our own works, our own deeds, our own bank accounts, trusting in ourselves in any way, shape, form, or fashion will never, never accumulate the righteousness that we need to stand before a holy and righteous God. The only hope of righteousness is by God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. You see, we are in debt. We got a debt that we can never pay. We can never repay it because of our sin against a holy God. 
but God in his love and his grace in his son Jesus Christ to live a life of righteousness that we can never live. And he died a death on Calvary's cross paying the penalty for our sin in our place, a debt that we could never repay. He paid it for us. And he was raised again, assuring us that that debt was paid in full. And the only way that we can have the righteousness necessary to stand before a holy God on that day of judgment is to trust in Jesus Christ. I love what Paul says. This is one of my most favorite scriptures in all of scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 through 9. Indeed, I count everything as loss. I count everything as loss, everything that I have in this world. Paul says my pedigree, my upbringing, all the riches that I've ever had, everything in this world, everything, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth, the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which comes through faith in Christ the righteousness from God that depends on faith only God can save you. By his grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, God will save you if you trust in him. Oh, dear friend, never, ever, ever trust in riches. Never, ever, ever trust in your wealth. Never, ever, ever trust in anything that you can accumulate on your own. Trust God. Trust God. All the money in the world will never bring you joy and it cannot give you eternal life. Trust in Jesus Christ. Value Christ over everything else. Trust God, not wealth. Second, as like unto it, honor God with your wealth. Honor God with your wealth. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor him with your first fruits. And dear friend, let me, let me, let me uh, tell you. It is essential that we honor God with our wealth. Whatever wealth we may have, you may be making $20 a week. Honor the Lord with that $20 a week, $100 a week. Whatever you're, you're making, honor the Lord with your wealth. That shows that, number one, you trust in God. Right? You trust in God. If you're hoarding that money away, if you're hoarding that wealth away, and you're saying, God, I just don't trust you to pay my bills. I don't trust you to provide for me. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits. 
with the first fruits. That's why we, we emphasize here honoring the Lord with those first fruits, the first paycheck that you should write out of your, your paycheck, or the first check that you should write out of your paycheck should be to the Lord. Before you write any other check, before you pay any other bill, well, I just can't do that. I've got this big electric bill. I've got this big water bill. I've got this big cable bill. I've got all these bills. I can't, I can't do that. I've got to pay them first, and then I'll just give the Lord the leftovers. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. The Lord wants you to honor him with your first fruits because that, that demonstrates your trust in the Lord. That demonstrates that you trust him to provide even when you think you can't make it. Trust the Lord with the first fruits of your wealth. Write the first check. We talk about the tithe. That should be the least amount that we should write to God, right? The tithe, 10%, giving 10% of our income. I mean, it all belongs to the Lord anyway. He gives to each one according to his will and his desire. He's the one who provides you the ability to go out and work and make that paycheck. He gives you or gave you that ability to, to build up that retirement. Whatever the case may be, the Lord has provided that for you and the Lord can take it away. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust that he will provide for you. Write that first check out to the Lord. Write it out to, to help uh, you know, fuel his ministry here in this church. If you're a member of this church, you should be writing that first check out to the church because that goes to the ministry of the gospel. Honor the Lord with your first fruits. And look what it says there. And God will honor you. God, God will honor you. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. In other words, the, if you honor the Lord with your wealth, God will honor you. He will honor you. He will provide for you. Now, some of you have, have experienced this, and I know Mary Beth and I have experienced this on numerous occasions, that there's been those times in our lives where, when, where we just, you know, we had our plate full. And we were looking at our bills, we were staring at our bills, and, and we were thinking, now, how, how are we going to stretch this paycheck? <laughs> To cover all of these bills how are we going to do it and there's been times in our lives that we've been tempted to all right let's pay these bills first and see what's left over but god he put it on our hearts a long time ago that's not the way you do it god impressed upon us a long time ago that first check to be written out of each paycheck is to the lord and we made a commitment to do that and even when we thought I just don't see how. But Lord, we're going to trust you. Here's this check to you. Now, Lord, you're going to have to provide the rest. You're going to have to provide the shortfall the short here. And every time, God has blessed. Oh, we might have scraped through by the skin of our teeth from time to time, but God has always honored his word. And he has provided each and every time. Honor the Lord with your wealth, and he will honor you. Malachi 3.10, as the, the Israelites in Malachi's day were refusing to bring in the tithe, the Lord says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. 
and therefore put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Dear friend, wherever you are in life, whether you make a little or you make a bunch, whether you're scraping by or or you've got plenty to, to spare, make that first check out to the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And God will honor you. Trust the Lord, trust God, not wealth. Honor God with your wealth. Number three, and we talked about this last week, work diligently. Work diligently. The third principle to building wealth, biblical principle for building wealth is work diligently. Proverbs 10, 4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. The slack hand causes poverty. Now, we talked a lot about this last week, so this is one we're going to rush through. But, but listen to me. Listen to me, young folks. You're never going to build wealth sitting at home watching Netflix all day. Right? Binge watching TV will not build wealth. And there's only a, a minimum few in the world who's ever made a million dollars playing video games. I, I know you could say, well, YouTube guy did this and that and the other. You're not YouTube guy, right? Most likely, you're not going to be the one who makes a million playing video games for a living. So playing video games all day will not build wealth. Get off your rump and go to work. <laughs> go to work. Put your hand to the plow. Do something. Invest your life in work. Work diligently. Whatever it is that the Lord has given you to do. Right? We're not just talking about manual labor here. Where the Lord has called you to be a carpenter, a logger, a lawyer, or a a receptionist. Whatever the Lord has called you to do, do it with all your might. Work hard. Work hard. Because laziness will get you nowhere. Work diligently. If you want to build wealth, you must work diligently. So, trust God, not wealth. Honor God with your wealth. Work diligently. Number four, give freely. Give freely. Proverbs 11, 24, 25. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. One who waters will himself be watered. In other words, the giver is often those who receive. Right? The giver is blessed all the more in their giving. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. This is a good principle to to remember. You can hold more in an open hand than you can a clenched fist. 
right? You just, you put something in your hand, and, and you can hold a lot more of those things, whether it be money, water, or whatever else. You can hold a lot more in an open hand than you can a clenched fist. When you clench that fist, you see nothing's getting in and nothing's getting out. And so it is. If you're greedy and you hold on to everything and, and you don't give to other people, if you don't give from your wealth, then, then that clenched fist, nothing can get in there. No, nothing can get out. That money can't get out, but nothing can get back in there either. Rachel Cruz, that's the daughter of Dave Ramsey, so she's, she's grown up learning all of this. But she says, if you hold everything with a closed fist, believing a bigger bank account will protect you from trouble, you'll never know rest. It will never be enough. But when you give generously, you learn that financial security doesn't come from acquiring dollars and things. True financial peace is about the freedom to live and give like no one else. You see, that's where you, you realize you have financial peace. Right? Because most people in this world, they don't have financial peace. They have financial stress. They have financial anxiety. But when you are able to give freely from whatever wealth you have, right? You see a need, and, and you may not be rich, right? You may only have $20 to spare, but you see a need, and, and you're able to freely give to that need. Man, that's peace. You have peace in that. Peace comes when, when you're able to give freely. And when we give freely, oh, the Lord sees our giving, right? When we give out of a heart for, of love for other people, the Lord sees that. And he's going to honor that. And he'll provide even more from his wealth and riches. Acts 20 35 says this in all things i have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the lord jesus how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive it is more blessed <laughs> you're more happy you have more joy in your life when you give rather than when you receive. Have you ever experienced that? Have you ever experienced that? I mean, you, you get gifts all the time from your loved ones, and, oh, thank you, that's great, I appreciate that. But no greater joy comes to my life then when I give, when I'm able to give something to someone else, when I, when I, when I, I'm a giver too, I, I, my, or my uh, love language, one of my love languages is, is giving, and so I like to give, and so I, I like to think about what does Mary Beth want, or what does Gabby want, or what is, whoever, what, 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 what's something that they, they really want, but they won't go buy it for themselves, and, and just really try to think, and, and it gives me great delight when I give a present, and they're like, oh, Ah, oh, that's great. I mean, that brings, that's, that's, 
just refreshing to me. That brings me joy and happiness when I'm able to give and bring joy and delight to someone else. I mean, you want to know financial peace, you want to know peace and joy, be a giver. Give freely from your wealth. So trust God as you build wealth according to biblical principles. Trust God, not wealth. Honor God with your wealth. Work diligently. Give freely. Number five, be content. This is a big one, guys. Be content. Be content. Covetousness is the real wealth shrinker, right? It, It shrinks wealth. You need to be content. Proverbs 13, 7 One pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. This is this whole concept, and you know this concept of keeping up with the Joneses? That's covetousness. You look over at your neighbor and you see that new boat in their their driveway. Oh man, I want a new boat. Or your buddy, he he got a brand new truck. Man, oh man, I want a truck like like he's got. I want that. And and you're not content. Well, there's easy ways to go do that. Just go spend the money, right? Just go spend money. Or or go take a a loan or or whatever. And, And when you're always trying to keep up with the Joneses to have what someone else has, you're never, ever, ever going to be able to build wealth. You you need to learn the the principle of being content with what you have. Warren Buffett surely understands this. Now, Warren Buffett's not a Christian. He's agnostic, but he at least understands this principle. Warren Buffett still lives. He's a billionaire. He's made billions upon billions of dollars yet he still lives in the same house he bought in 1950-something for $31,500. Here's a man who could easily go out and spend a million dollars on a big old mansion out there somewhere, but he's content. And because of his contentment, he's been been able to accumulate a massive amount of wealth. You see, you're never going to be you're, you're never going to be able to build wealth if you're always chasing someone else's dream. If you're always chasing after so, what someone else has. Be content with whatever the Lord has given to you. Whatever the Lord has provided for you, be content in that. Number six is likened to number five there. It's connected to you need to be content and despise debt. Despise debt. This is This is all tied up with being content because what do you do when you see your neighbor's new boat? I can just go down to the, I can just go down to the bank and get a loan and and I can have me a new boat. You see your buddy's new truck, I can go down to the the bank and I can get a loan and I can get myself a new truck or you see your girlfriend's new truck designer purse i can go swipe the credit card and i can go have me a designer purse you you see you start accumulating things but going into debt despise debt the rich proverbs 22 7 the rich rules 
over the poor and the borrower is the slave to the lender. The borrower is a slave to the lender. So you go down to the bank and, and you, you buy that new boat on a, a note, right? You take out a loan for that new boat or that new truck or, or whatever. Or you swipe that card for that new purse or, or new clothes, whatever. Those things don't really belong to you, do they? No, they belong to the bank. They belong to the credit card company. And if you don't pay off those loans, they're going to be coming looking for you. You've just become a slave to the lender. Now you, you work for him. Now you work for the bank. Now you work for the credit card company. Because if you don't pay, they're coming for you. And they're going to take your stuff. And they're going to take your, your, your paycheck and all of these kinds of things. Uh, you are now made yourself a slave to the lender. And that's the way of our world. I mean, our world, yeah, you start, you graduate high school, and Gabby's been getting all kinds of stuff in the mail for credit cards and student loans and, and all of these things. I mean, our world wants people to be in debt. That's the way, that's the way it is. And, and people think, well, that's just the way it is. We're going to have debt anyway, so let's dig in deep. Let's dig in deep. Let's get as much debt as we can get. I don't understand how people sleep at night with as much debt as they're in. You know, the average, according to a, a 2021 CNBC report, the average American has $90,000, over $90,000 in debt. Over $90,000 in debt. Now, I know that we, we have to often take out loans to buy a house but that should be almost it maybe a vehicle but that should be about it let me encourage you young young guys young folks let me encourage you don't accumulate a bunch of debt i mean they're going to get you at college and say well well you can oh, you just take out this student loan just take out this student loan uh, you, you're, you'll get a job after you get out of college and you can pay this off don't do that. Don't put yourself. I have friends. We have friends who are so far covered up so much in student debt that they can't hardly breathe. They can't get anything. They can't get anywhere in life because they accumulated a massive amount of student debt. And, and now they're making, you know, they, they thought they were going to make this amount, but now they're making this little bitty amount. They, they thought they would be making $100,000 a year and, and we could just take care of this debt in no time. But now they're getting a job at thirty dollars and $50,000 a year and they're like, what am I going to do? Because the interest on this debt just keeps on going. And that thing, I keep paying on it, but it keeps growing. And they can't get out. They're drowning in debt. Because they followed the student counselor who said, oh, just take out a loan. Just take out a loan. Don't take out that loan. Don't take out that loan. Work hard. If you've got to take a semester or two off to work hard and build up the money, work, take a semester off, work hard, build up the money, and pay for it as you go. But don't accumulate a bunch of debt thinking, oh, it'd be all right. I'll get a good job afterwards. Maybe, maybe not. You don't really know that. The way the job market fluctuates, you, you never know what kind of job you're going to end up with. 
Don't, don't grab that credit card. I mean, it's so easy to take that plastic card and, and go to, to Dillard's or, or go to the mall and just... And you go home and you look all pretty, right? Man, look at all this stuff I've got. But then next month that bill comes in and you're like, what did I do? And now you spend five years paying for a dress that lasted two months. And then you sold it for 25 cents in a yard sale. Oh, man, that debt will get you. And it's so easy. In our culture, debt is so easy. I mean, people want you in debt. They want you to owe them so they, they can charge those high interest rates. Don't do it. Don't do it. I love Dave Ramsey. He's got those big old scissors. I, I thought about going and buying some and bringing some out today and just chopping up some credit cards. I, and, and I want you do that, right? If you have a bunch of credit cards, take those scissors and ch chomp them things up because they'll destroy you. You think you want to build wealth? You, you think you want to retire someday? You're not going to do it by swiping that card. You're not going to do it running down to the bank every other week taking out a loan despise debt despise debt proverbs 22 26 and 27 be not one of those who gives pledges who puts up security for debts in other words don't go out and get a bunch of loans if you have nothing with which to pay why should your bed be taken from under you if you can't afford it don't buy it if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Now, I can understand. Maybe you want to you buy a fishing boat. Save up the money. You see, we need to, have, we need to understand delayed gratification. Well, people today don't understand delayed gratification. If you see something out there you want, it's fine. Work. Save. And then spend. But pay cash for that thing. Don't go into debt and make yourself a, a slave to the banks and the credit card companies. Despise debt. I've got to hurry. Trust God, not wealth. Honor God with your wealth. Work diligently. Give freely. Be content. Despise debt. And number seven, invest wisely. Invest wisely. Kids, <laughs> young folks, just getting started invest wisely boy i wish i'd have understood this better when i was just out of uh, just out of high school fresh out of college invest wisely that means save 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 observe the ant see how she 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 does her work in the spring in the harvest time and then at the winter she has plenty to, to feed off of, right? Save, save, save. Too many people spin, spin, spin. Every paycheck, psh, 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 where did it go? There's nothing left over. Be intentional about saving. If you're going to invest something, you've got to have something to invest. That means you have to save. 
Proverbs 21, 17, whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. If you love to spend all, of, all that you make, you're never going to have wealth. Proverbs 21, 20, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a fool, a foolish man, devours it. The foolish man spends every penny he makes paycheck after paycheck and never puts any back for another day invest wisely by saving dear dear friend let me tell you young folks you need to be saving at least 10 percent of every paycheck at least 10 percent of every paycheck. you're giving 10 percent of every paycheck to the lord number one and number two you're you're investing you're saving 10 percent for some day that might come that that the world may fall apart you might lose your job or, or or you might just have an emergency or for retirement one day you're not going to be able to work you're going to need some money there to to fall back on invest save 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 at least 10 percent well i don't make but two hundred dollars a week well that's $200 a week. Give 10% to the Lord. Save 10%. Because if you spend it all on knickknacks, then in the end you're going to have nothing. Save. Invest wisely. Save a little bit from each check. Uh, and, and invest wisely. Right? You're saving to invest that wisely. Don't get lured into these get-rich-quick schemes. Don't think get-rich-quick. You see, that's the big problem I have with the lottery and gambling and all of that mess. Ultimately, it's just a tax on the poor because they're trying to get rich quick, right? So there, there's somebody out there, they're trying to get rich quick, so they go to the... the store there and they buy a hundred dollars worth of lottery tickets and think they've done something if they win 20 that's no way to invest that's not investing wisely no that's investing foolishly because the majority of the people who spend their money on lottery and on gambling and all of that mess they end up losing way more than they ever gain from it that's not investment. That's not investment. Invest wisely. Proverbs 21, 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Plan. Look to the future. Make plans. Man, you want to be able to, to retire from, from work one day, from a job. How are you going to pay for retirement? How are you going to pay for your children? I mean, some of you may, you don't even, you're not even married yet. But one day you're going to be married and, and hopefully you're going to have children. How are you going to pay for school? How are you going to pay for them vehicles? How are, how are you going to pay for all of this stuff? Think about the future. Plan for the future. Invest for the future. Instead of spending $100 on a lottery ticket, Invest $100 in a mutual fund and see which one gets you the better outcome. Invest wisely. 
But also, number eight, invest honorably. Invest honorably, and this is very important. Proverbs 21, 6. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Proverbs twenty two sixteen, whoever oppresses the poor to increase his own wealth or give to the gifts to the rich will only come to poverty. Proverbs twenty eight six, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. You know, in business practices, far too often people think in competitive terms. Right, you're you, you, you out here, you're making this sale, and, and you're thinking in competitive terms. All right, if I win, they got to lose, right? So there's got to be a winner and a loser. But that's not the way that we should think. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should never think about winning and someone else losing in any kind of business practice. I like what Steve Covey says in his seven, uh, whatever, seven, principles of highly effective people something like that but Stephen Covey talks about the win-win as Christians that's that should be our mentality as we go out as we do business whatever business you may be in or whatever business you'll end up in if you're not there yet whatever you're looking at you should always think about the win-win right you you, you got you're doing a business deal Right? You want to make money. You, you want to build wealth. You want to make a profit. But, but you're dealing with this person. They've got a need as well. So, so find the, the agreement here where both win. It doesn't have to be a lose-lose or a win-lose situation. It can be a win-win. And so always think about the other person. Am I taking advantage of this person? Am I taking something from this person that I shouldn't be taking? Am I giving a fair price? Am I giving a, giving a fair deal here? Think win-win. That way you and whoever you're dealing with, you both come out on top. You both come out on top. So honor, invest honorably. Always think about that. Never, ever, ever try to take advantage of someone to advance your own means, your own wealth. It's better to go in debt, right? It's better to lose money than to steal from people, to take something from someone dishonestly. Invest honorably. You know, in the garden, Satan promised Adam and Eve the world, and they trusted satan rather than god and they lost everything today satan's schemes are alive and well in our culture he along with the powers of this world promise people the world through luxurious living and in the end people lose everything in that pursuit don't try to build wealth following Satan's schemes and the schemes of this world. Trust God's principles for building wealth. There's nothing wrong with trying to build wealth, trying to have enough to live on. But trust God's principles for building wealth. The key principle being trust God. Trust God. Put your faith in Him. 
as Jesus says, no one can serve two masters for he for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Pursue a biblical understanding of wealth. Lord, give me enough. Give me enough. Not too much that I forget who you are, but don't give me so little that I end up having to steal and profane your name. Give me enough. And then using God's principles, build wealth. Build wealth. Work hard to build a life for yourself. To accumulate some some things. To, To be able to leave an inheritance for your children and your children's children. There's a proverb that says that's an honorable thing. But always, Trust God and not your wealth. Put your faith in Jesus Christ because no amount of wealth that you could ever build up, you're going to leave it eventually, right? You're going to die and whatever wealth you have accumulated in your life when you're you're dead and gone, it's going to somebody else. You're not going to take it with you. It's going to mean nothing on the day of judgment. Trust God. Trust Jesus Christ. Put your faith in him. And let the wealth worry about itself. Trust Christ. Heavenly Father. Lord, we just, I just thank you, Lord, that even when it comes to practical things like this, Lord, you've given us a word, right? You've given us instruction on, on, on how to, to live. So many people think that you don't speak about building wealth. You don't speak about some of these practical things. But, Lord, you do. And so, Father, I pray that we as disciples of Jesus Christ would heed your word. And, Lord, in life, we, we do want to accumulate some wealth. We, we want to have enough in life. But, Lord, let us not lose sight of you and your glory. Let us, not, let us never turn to the biblical, or, or excuse me, to the world's ways of, of accumulating wealth. But, Lord, let us always trust in your word. Let us always pursue your ways. Trust you for our wealth. And be content with whatever you provide for us, Lord. Now, Lord, I know today has been a different day talking about building wealth. But, Lord, if there's any listening or who are here today who've never trusted in Jesus, Lord, I pray that they would heed that first principle to trust you, not wealth, to trust you, not anything else in this world. Trust you as trusting in your way of salvation through Jesus Christ. Now these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.